Episode 44, Celebrate Good Times, Come On. The agreement between God and the Israelites is not all about rules. God does want them to enjoy themselves as well. That is why God set rhythms of rest, celebration, and remembrance through the Sabbath and multiple feasts throughout the year. Welcome to the History of the Bible. In the last episode, the foundation for social justice was set in the Israelites' culture. This included the support that was given to the poor so that they could work their way out of poverty, as well as the removal of child sacrifice that was so commonly practiced throughout ancient societies. But the Lord not only called the Israelites to be holy by living a different way than the surrounding nations and what they didn't do. The Lord called the Israelites to be holy by celebrating. Yes, the Lord is the God of celebration. And in Leviticus 23, God sets up feasts that were meant to become a regular part of Israelites' culture. Leviticus 23 opens up with the Lord telling Moses, to proclaim to the Israelites the different feasts that were to be celebrated in Israel as holy days. But before the Lord tells them of the feast, he reminds them of the Sabbath. Six days shall work be done, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest. The Hebrew word for the Sabbath means to cease or to rest. This day, the Sabbath, has two different commandments that the Israelites were to obey. The first was to remember, and the second was to observe. In Genesis, it says that on the sixth day, God created man, and then on the seventh day, God rested. It has been noted that the first full day of man was the Sabbath, and then the work week began. This would mean that as humans created in the image of God, we are to rest before we work. Or in other words, we are to work from a place of rest with God, not work towards rest. The Sabbath was and is a very important day. When God rested on the Sabbath after creating the whole universe, it wasn't because he was tired. It was to be an example to the newly created Adam and all generations that would come after, that the week was supposed to start by resting with God. God blessed the day and made it holy. So important was the day of rest that the Sabbath made it onto the top ten commandments, also known as the Ten Commandments. God saw resting with him just as crucial as the other nine commandments, and these laws included things such as to have no other gods, to not commit adultery, and to not murder. The Hebrew word for work, when it says that God rested from his work, isn't like the English word for work. In English, the word work is often thought of as our job. However, the Hebrew word doesn't exactly mean work as our job. It refers to work that is creative just like God rested from creating the universe. It also means to exercise control or dominion, as the root of the Hebrew word work is related to the word king. 
Working was also meant to be a thing that God created us to do. In the Garden of Eden, the job of cultivating the garden was given to Adam, and this was before the fall of man. Work was meant to be in connection with God, or partnered with Him to create. It was not ever meant to be what it is today, and that it is just something that pays the bills, but rather a way that we can partner with God to bring His kingdom to earth. When God gave the Israelites the commandment to rest from all work and to be with Him, it is pausing even the things He has called us to do. An example of this is in the creation of the tabernacle. God called the Israelites to build the tabernacle, and they partnered with God because He showed them how to create it. This is the Hebrew word for work to create. But even the Israelites were called to rest from something good, such as building the tabernacle so that they could spend the day with their families, resting in the Lord. However, it wouldn't be until later in history that more rules and regulations would be added to what was and was not allowed to be done on the Sabbath. Because it only says to not do any work on the Sabbath which includes preparing food, but no definition of what work entails is ever given. The Israelites only recognized the Sabbath. No other nation around them celebrated the day. The Greeks, they thought the Israelites were lazy because they took a holiday off every week. Once the Lord reiterated the importance of keeping the Sabbath day holy by doing no work and resting in Him, he gives times during the year that are also meant to be holy. In Leviticus 23, different feasts are given to the Israelites so that they may observe them in honor of God and what He has done for them. Feasts held in honor of the nations or people groups' deities were common. Although no other nation celebrated a day of rest each week, Almost all the nations celebrated times of feasting and celebration. The first feast that God would give the Israelites would be the Passover. Now we have gone over the Passover in the past, when it was first implemented by God. But to refresh ourselves, the Passover was a feast that celebrated the time in which God passed over the Israelites while in Egypt. It was during the last plague when the angel came in and killed every firstborn of those that were not in the house that had been covered by the blood of the lamb. The Passover was celebrated by gathering the family together and having a meal, often called seder. This meal would take place on the 14th of the month of Nisan. It would be a time for the Israelites to remember what God had done for them in Egypt and bringing them out. The Passover would only last for one night. However, the following day, the Feast of Unleavened Bread would begin. The Passover meal was eaten on the 14th, and on the 15th of the month, it would begin the Feast of Unleavened Bread. The Feast of Unleavened Bread is a week-long feast where all of the Israelites would not eat bread that has yeast in it. This was to remember the time that the Lord brought the Israelites out of Egypt. 
This feast was one of the three feasts that required all male Israelites to come to the tabernacle and in later times to the temple to present their offering. But why no yeast? Because the Israelites left Egypt in such a haste that there was no time for the bread to rise. Oftentimes, in the Bible, yeast or leaven is portrayed as sin. Therefore, it could be seen that when the removal of yeast from the house, it was like removing sin from the household. However, it can also be portrayed in the New Testament as Christians integrating into society and affecting the culture to bring God's kingdom. During the week-long feast of not eating bread with yeast in it, the Israelites would celebrate the Feast of First Fruits. It would be only a one-day event in which the people celebrated God's provision by offering their first fruits of the barley harvest. This bundle of barley would then be used as a wave offering to the Lord done by the priest. The wave offering was just as it sounded. The priest would take a portion of the offering and wave it up in the air before the Lord. It would be an act of worship. Along with the wave offering would be a burnt offering, a grain offering, and a drink offering. Although this feast doesn't have what it is normally thought of as a feast, eating, and celebration, feasts for the Israelites often included food. But more importantly is that the feast was a time of observance of what God had done for them. It could almost be compared to a modern-day holiday in which the day or time period of the feast would be taken off from work to celebrate and to remember what God has done. The Feast of First Fruits would be the beginning of the countdown of days until the next feast, which would be the Feast of Weeks, also known as the Pentecost. From the day of the First Fruits, it would be the seventh Sabbath, or 50 days later, that the Feast of the Weeks would begin. There is a reason that it is called both the Feast of Weeks and Pentecost. The Hebrew name for the feast is translated to mean weeks, while the word Pentecost is the Greek word for 50th. The 50 days between the Passover and the Feast of Weeks would be the time for harvesting the grain. The Feast of Weeks was really to celebrate the provision of God during the harvest, but also celebrates the giving of the Ten Commandments to Moses on Mount Sinai. The offerings that the Israelites offered were the first fruits of spring harvest through a grain offering. Other offerings would be made along with the grain offering, a burnt offering of seven lambs, one bull, two rams, and a male goat was offered for a sin offering, and two more lambs would be for the peace offering. All these animals would be offered along with the first fruits of the harvest grain. So the Feast of First Fruits was an offering of the first fruits of the barley. In comparison, the Feast of Weeks brought the offering of the first fruits of the spring grain harvest. The celebration of the Feast of Weeks only happened on one day, which God called it to be a holy day, that no ordinary work was to be done. It was one of the three feasts that the Lord required all the male Israelites to come to the tabernacle to present their offerings. This will be important in a very much later episode because when the Holy Spirit fell on Jesus' disciples in the New Testament, 
It was during the day of Pentecost. The next feast is the Feast of Trumpets. Up until this point, all the other feasts have been during the springtime of the year. However, the Feast of Trumpets is during the latter part of the year. It would happen on the first day in the seventh month of the Hebrew calendar. Often, this day would be considered the New Year's Day celebration. Not the calendar year, but the agricultural New Year. The reason that it was called the Feast of Trumpets is that the shofar, a trumpet made out of a ram's horn, would be blown, believed up to 100 times. The Feast of Trumpets would be a day of trumpet blasts. The significance of this feast is that not only does it announce the arrival of a new agricultural year, but it also begins the 10 days of repentance, also called the 10 days of awe. These 10 days would be used by the Israelites to reflect on their relationship with God, often repenting of sins, but also recognizing God for who He is. That is why it could be called both the 10 days of repentance as well as the 10 days of awe. But these 10 days were all working up towards something. That would be the Day of Atonement. 10 days after the celebration of the new agricultural year, the Day of Atonement would take place. Again, this would be the one day that the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies area of the tabernacle to offer a sacrifice for the whole nation. Then, only five days after the Day of Atonement took place, the Feast of Booths would begin. This would be 15 days after the new agricultural year. Therefore, it would be late in the fall, right after the fall harvest was finished that the celebration of the Feast of Booths, sometimes called the Feast of Tabernacles, would be celebrated. This feast was a week-long celebration that all work was to cease to observe this time. The Feast of Booths was celebrated to remember the time that the Lord brought the Israelites out of Egypt. In part to celebrate what the Lord had done for them, as well in part to celebrate the Lord's provision for them during the fall harvest, the Feast of Booths was also one of the three feasts that all male Israelites were to celebrate by going to the place of worship. Before the temple, it was the tabernacle, wherever it was set up. But after the temple was built, it was required that they were to all go to the temple in Jerusalem. Imagine, when this feast was to be celebrated, the whole nation of Israel was gathering together to take part in a week-long celebration. But where would they all stay? Well, for this feast, there wasn't any need for a hotel or a place to stay, because the Feast of Booths was celebrated inside of a booth. No, not a booth like we think about today. In those times, a booth was a temporary shelter. A word that would help us understand it better would be a hut. Made up of mostly branches, the hut would be set up and can be left or quickly torn down to be moved to another location. Booths 
are what the Israelites used for shelter while in the wilderness after leaving Egypt. They were also very commonly used by shepherds while watching the herds. These booths could be used as shelters, and while wandering from field to field, they could be set up and torn down. With the Israelites originally being shepherds in the day of Jacob's time, the booths were not new to them. Therefore, the Feast of Booths was a week-long celebration that the nation of Israel would live in booths to remember what the Lord had done for them and bringing them out of Egypt. No work was allowed to be done during this time period. The Lord would also call for a different type of rest amongst the Israelites. Not only were the people called to rest, but God also sets apart a whole year for the land to rest itself. For six years, the Israelites were to sow seeds in their field, maintain the vineyards, and gather the harvest. However, in the seventh year, it was called a sabbatical year. This was a whole year of giving the land rest. No seeds were to be planted, no maintenance of the vineyards, and no gathering of the harvest. How would the people in the livestock eat then? Well, the Lord says in Leviticus 25 verse 21 that the Lord would send such a great blessing of a harvest in the sixth year that it would feed them for three years to come. This meant that the Israelites had to trust God completely with their meal, not just for the next week, but for a whole year of food for themselves and their animals. Later on, this would also become the year that debts were to be forgiven and slaves were to be set free. Like the sabbatical year, the year of Jubilee was to be the ultimate reset for the Israelites. All debt was to be forgiven, the property was to be returned to the original owner, and slaves were to be set free. Although later on in Israel's history, other feasts will be added, for the time, the Lord has only called the Israelites to celebrate these feasts, the Passover, the Feast of First Fruits, the Feast of Weeks, the Feast of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Booths. Of those feasts, there would be three that would be called the Pilgrim Festivals. This is where it was required for all the males of Israel to go to the tabernacle, and in later times, the temple to celebrate the feast. These feasts were the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which took place right after the Passover meal, the Feast of Weeks, and the Feast of Booths. Just like the Lord commanded the Israelites to keep the Sabbath day holy, these times for the feast were to be holy as well, reminding the Israelites of what God had done and what He will do for them. They are to be extensions of time, of rest, celebration, and remembrance. The Lord knew how to celebrate good times. As the book of Leviticus comes to a close, the Lord calls for the Israelites to follow the commandments. Much like the document that sets terms and conditions for the covenant, there are consequences both good and bad for the Israelites. So join us next time in episode 45, In Conclusion, as we look 
to the wrapping up of the agreement between God and the Israelites. Until next time, remember that you are loved, special, and worthwhile.